0: With the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC.
1: Minus three. With Dave Damaschek. All right, let's get it on. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus 3 presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win and of course, make it count. Bet it at FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. We appreciate you playing along or if you so choose, fade us. Either way, we're happy and uh, make sure you join the conversation. At minus three pod, spread the good word, download, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. I guarantee you this is going to be a good one because this is one of my favorite activities on the sports calendar. We don't do it every single year, but we like to do it maybe every Three to five years. It's the all-time NFL draft. Everybody's talking about the NFL draft right now. And you've heard more than enough about it, all the opinions, the good, the bad, the weird, that the, the rules of what you are and are not allowed to do according to pundits out there. If you are an NFL GM, I'm sure you've heard it ad nauseum. We're going to open it up a little bit. The only difference in the actual draft upcoming next week and, uh, and the all-time draft is the pool of players is every human being who has ever walked the face of the earth? That's that's basically the standard. We'll get into that in just a little bit. It'll definitely be fun, and we know it will be because one of our favorites has joined us to be a part of the proceedings here. Wasn't drafted himself, or was he? Wait, or was he a seventh round pick? I think he was a seventh round pick. Either way, he didn't uh, he didn't scrape the uh, the first round. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella?
0: A great way to introduce me. I just seventh was a, round, um, right? He just was a, he just he wasn't a first rounder, but he was in the seventh round. Yeah. Seventh round draft pick, pick 241. Uh very honored to be back on the show. You know, and it's just like old times because you messed up the intro three times. So it felt like I was just back, like like usual, as we did a daily, a daily show, weekly show during the football season. I'm Glad to be here. This is the maybe my favorite idea of yours is the is the all-time draft. Because look, I um I know NFL players, obviously I know the history of the game, but you know the game and the history far more than I do. And so I'm excited to see your whimsical takes about which players should be drafted. I would imagine that the entire starting lineup of the 1970 Steelers will be drafted at some point today.
1: Well, that wouldn't be a bad place to start. If you could just say, give me all the guys that were on the 70s Steelers, you probably would fare pretty well, um, given the success that they had. Bill Nunn now going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, along with the Emperor Chaz Noll and otherwise. Um, before we dive into this, Shorts, um, I'm very happy to see you you're you're positively glowing. Make sure you're following Jeff Schwartz on old, yeah. on all social media. He just returned from a trip to paradise with the whole family and enjoyable pictures. Domestic uh Schwartz looking good out there on the water slide and otherwise with the little ones. Man, them kids is lucky. That's all right. That's that. That's no not idea. just surviving. That's living. What those they have, kids are doing. They have
0: no. There. They have no idea, dude. I mean, it, my son said to me, we didn't we didn't fly first class, and he's like, Daddy. Like, is there, are we like, what's, what's this? And then on the way back, he's like, I'm like, he's like, "Well, we flying first class. I said, no, we're going in main cabin extra. So he gets a little extra leg room. He goes, second class. I'll take second class. Like just no idea. But the, my favorite parts, I mean plenty of favorite parts. My four and a half year old daughter chose for her water activity, parasailing. It was jet skis or parasailing. She chose parasailing and she loved every second of parasailing. She, there was 600 feet up in the air Absolutely loved it. My first time jet skiing – I mean, excuse me, water skiing, jet skiing.
1: Yeah, I'm a jet skis. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a, uh, have you been – have you done jet skis before? I'd like to. I'm surprised that it can support a man of your carriage.
0: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that sentiment. Um, it's interesting experience. It's a very out-of-control experience. Um, and actually it's a like fa- a
1: motorcycle in the water, basically, right?
0: Yeah, but it has no rudder, so you you. it's hard to turn unless you hit the throttle. So actually – Going faster makes it easier to control, which is kind of backwards most times. Like, like if you're going 20 miles an hour, it's much easier to to control in the water than if you're going six miles an hour. It's a very odd thing. So you're like, you're like, okay, wow, well, I'm going so fast. Oh my god, Then you slow down, it's like tougher to move. But we did all that. We did the boating. We did the de- uh, the day de, de- I got My Instagram thirsty trap picture up for all the ladies out there. And it was a good time away. It was a good family. It was great. And the thing that
1: struck me about your little four year old girly there is the courage that four year olds have. And it's weird that life, that uh, human experience takes away that confidence and lack of fear from us. That's what occurs to me. I remember even when my little ones would get into bouncy houses with bigger kids, I would be struck by and literally I would be sincerely moved by their bravery of like their lack of care about like these kids are older and they don't want me in here. They just were having a good time. Life takes that away from you. And then um, at some point, your four-year-old daughter is more confident than the guy who is about to be the first overall draft pick in the NFL draft. All of a sudden Trevor Lawrence can't say what he wants without getting pushback (laughs) from all these pundits there. It's no wonder you, you sound relatively refreshed and ready to roll here because you were able to um, set aside all this I nonsense, and it's too much already. It's time for it, the draft already, right?
0: It's so it's so time. I said this even before the Trevor Lawrence comments. I was ready for this to be done. This process we're getting into crazy talk now. People are bored. They're throwing out a bunch of takes. Trevor Lawrence basically said, "Hey guys, I like to have a good work life balance. I, I like to to enjoy my time off the field. I am not going to let this game define who I am." Um, And I will say, it is Outrage! how dare yeah. you! And, and, and I told my buddy I was in Dallas when I saw the comments. I told my buddy Duke, I was like, "Look, this is going to gonna be backlash from NFL people over this," and there was, of course, because how dare you have life experiences? How dare you enjoy yourself outside of football? How dare you don't spend every single second thinking about your sport? And his his attitude is healthy. I don't know if enough players have that attitude, but they 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 definitely publicly don't often have that attitude. Um, I will say that, you know, the, 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 chip on the shoulder thing, two things. One is that most of us do have chips on our shoulders, like just a little bit, right? Like I have a list on my phone when I played of everyone who told me I couldn't make it in the NFL, you know, just to look at every now and then I wasn't a big, like chip on my shoulder guy, but it helps with, with motivation. But what I liked about what Lauren said though, is that we often see people who actually shouldn't have a chip on their shoulder, pretend like they do. You're like, uh, like for example, bigger Mayfield, he was the Heisman. Number one pick overall, what chip on the shoulder do you have? If you've made you made it. Like you can't you can't be like, oh, people don't believe in me. You're the first pick in the draft. What are you talking about? Like, so I like the Trevor Lawrence doesn't pretend to make up a chip on so, the shoulder. I mean, look, the Patriots have done this forever, right? In 2018, the Patriots were like, no one believes in us. No one – they were like Super Bowl favorites. So it was, no one believes and it in was, us. And
1: it, and it was the guy who at that point was already considered the goat in yes. the history of people at football saying no one believes in us. Hey, Tom, I think some people might believe in you. I do think, though, what's interesting about that and where that chip comes from, as and it, it kind of sets up the entire exercise we're about to launch into here with the all-time draft for 2021 – Um, is that if you said, we know if if you told every GM in, in right now, in the year of our Lord, 2021, at this very moment, you said, Hey, guess what? We have a time machine and we can transport every quarterback back to age 21. You know, everything that they are, that they did in pro football, take any player you want. I think very few if any would take tom brady over say john elway or andrew oh, L- because geez. the ego that well that's what produces the chip on the shoulder is that they i i, I think given the preponderance of evidence of, of tom brady and the seven lombardis and everything else i still think the egos of the general managers out there who think they know better than everybody else um, even though they only hit it at about a 60 40 success rate i think they still would say yeah but give me marino I think, I yeah, if Brady could do that, then right. Marino will do it even more. Uh, I is, I mean, isn't that a funny paradox? And I think that's yes. absolutely true as well. Right? Am, I, am I going too far with that? I mean, how many do you think? What NFL teams would actually take Tom Brady, even though we know exactly what he's doing? I think very few would.
0: I think they would take the guy with the with the traits, like you mentioned Dan Marino or John Elway or Andrew yeah, right. I mean, even look – Trevor Lawrence has talked about as being this, the next line of like, I remember, so look, do we have John Elway, obviously Andrew Luck was like the next John Elway, right? Like that was the next guy that was about yeah. 20 years after John Elway, even longer than that. And then now Andrew, now, now Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be like the next can't miss guy. He, I feel like he's the next in this line of, you know, Elway to luck to Lawrence. Um and, and so there is a lot of pressure on these guys to, to, to perform, but those guys would go ahead of Tom Brady in any draft because of their traits and the next big thing they're supposed to be. Um, and look, Tom was a six round pick obviously was, was too low, but based off his college tape and based off of the traits he possessed, that wasn't that bad of a pick in the sixth round. Right. I mean, like that's kind of where maybe it yes, was in the fourth but, round most years. I don't know.
1: But 20 years later, 32 out of 32 should be drafting Tom Brady and my point is I don't think very many of them well, I mean, would even the, I as mean, now know.
0: I mean the Chiefs wouldn't, Seattle wouldn't would uh, I mean like you know Houston maybe pre-allegations might not draft Tom Brady. Um yeah, it, it, teams wouldn't do it. They want their own guys and they want guys with higher traits.
1: Okay, so looking forward to jumping in on this, and I think that really does set up um, the the fun that we're about to have. Eddie Spaghetti, a big one for you. Your Yankees swooning, your Knickerbockers soaring, as are your blue-shirted New York Rangers as they prepare to square off with the Islanders. How say you? For some reason, the Rangers – Getting plus odds, even though they're the team that's red hot, and the Islanders are scuffling. And by the way, I think the Rangers have a shot outside as it is, of catching the Islanders and making the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, you—it's—it is such a strange time uh, as a like a New York fan of, of these teams. You mentioned the Knicks, like a team you don't really think about ever. All of a sudden, Julius Randle emerging as like a top player in the NBA, and they've won like six in a row, whatever it is. The Rangers, if they were in any other division. Besides the Mass Mutual East, they'd be a playoff team. They're a great team, and it's it's one of the strangest sports stories in history. I think where you have the leader of Russia literally kind of derailed this season because of uh, of his interactions with Artemi Panera and the Breadman, who also would have probably at least been a top two or three candidate for the Hart Trophy, if not be the front runner. If it was not for uh, for Putin, and then yes, you mentioned the Yankees as well. It is as Jeff rolls his
1: eyes. He what did I miss? I love. I listen. You know, I love the sports "what if" shorts. What and did I spaghetti, miss? Spaghetti kind of stumbled into, or I didn't stumble into this, but but uh, threw that thought out, and I and I thought how absurd. And then I thought about it. Oh yeah, it really is true. I think the Rangers, the New York Rangers, would be going to the playoffs right now if Putin didn't get. Well, what's the story uh, there on the bread man, Spaghetti? He he accused well, yeah, an Aaron of the, the ugly yeah. stuff.
2: The exact thing is he Panarin months ago, months ago, maybe you know, all, close to a year ago at this point, posted on his social media uh, in support of the other, uh, I guess, candidate for you know election uh, in Russia who would oppose Putin. I'm not quite sure his name it slips to my mind, and he posted that, and people back then were like, "Oh, this can get dicey." Like he's speaking out against him, but he's you know obviously uh, he believes in freedom and and he, but Panarin still has friends and family back in Russia, so. A story came out a few months back during the Rangers season that he may have assaulted uh, a a woman years back when he was playing at a a junior team uh, overseas. And this coach said it and everyone immediately was like, well, there was no police report filed. There was no other incidents like reported about teammates all said never happened. And everyone kind of deduced that it was like. Putin kind of told this guy, like, hey, you better say this about this guy. So out of the safety of of his family and also to kind of clear his name, he was out for weeks, uh, three weeks uh, or so. And he, right now, like he's a basically a two point a game player. He would probably be, be the hard trophy front runner right now, uh, if not for Conor McDavid, they'd be your neck and neck. And the Rangers, like I said, or as it stands, would be in the playoffs in any other division, if he was, you know, if the, around for those three weeks, who knows where they'd be right now in the East. So it's just a really frustrating time. And then you pile it on top with the, you mentioned the Yankees too, with the Yankees being uh, awful. I know it's April, but it's weird. And now the Giants have a chance to really screw things up if they, if they do trade back If those are rumors, weird like whirlwind right now for the, uh, for the New York sports teams.
1: Hey, um, Spaghetti, the Rangers, just to cover tonight's game are sure. plus one Oh eight. Do I have – is that uh, the most updated odds? Make sure you bet it at slash. Right now it's –
2: the money The money line's plus 104. The Rangers are getting a goal and a half versus the Islanders. Islanders are at home. Uh, there's a couple of bets. That I, the over-under, the total for this game is five and a half. I mean, if you're trusting the Rangers' goal scoring lately, I know the Islanders' goal tending, despite you know, whoever it is in net, they have been solid, but the Rangers have been scoring seemingly at will at random games, and we, when those bottom lines – when the, the kid line playing really well together and then you add in a guy like Vitaly Krasov in the fourth line who brings in skill, not just a guy who's going to be a grinder, it kind of changed the whole dynamic of the team. And like I mentioned before, we just talked about, him, you know, the bread man, two points a game player. If you really want to get into your favorite bed, Dave, of betting on somebody to score a goal, it's like. He him and McDavid and Austin Matthews, like those are three guys around the league that you could pretty much bet. on. I guess Nathan McKinnon now, too. But Panarin, if you want to get on that, like he's a guy you got to you got to pick because he's on the statute every single night. So uh, I like the Rangers getting the goal and a half here on the road. They just been they playing awesome lately, uh, even though they kind of slipped up versus the Devils and they let them back in the game. They still find a way to regroup in the end of the third period of win those one. So I just kind of like the way they're playing hockey. Just wish not it was not in the East Division.
1: Well, uh, both playoffs drawing nine, the NBA and NHL juicy matchups are certain in the NHL NBA sort of tracking in that way, too, as the Nets kind of come back to earth. We'll see what KD and Harden and Kyrie, whether or not they're all out there to play. The Celts lose on Monday night, but still playing better ball than they have been. Um, The Sixers maybe. Maybe I'm going to have to back off. I'm going to have to consider this over the next week, and I'll get back to you. I might have to replace the Nets as the prohibitive favorite to emerge from the East, um, and uh, replace them with the Sixers. We'll see about that one. In the meantime, it's 4:20. The Pirates are in action in honor of the Cobra. Dave Parker smoking that hand rolled uh, business in the dugout way back when. I think you owe it to yourself to put a little something on the bu- Buckos for the Cobra um tonight and Mike Tomlin now back or uh extended three more years for the Steelers a lot of people in Pittsburgh not happy about this one Schwartz objectively you have some distance from the AFC North the very intense fan base in Pittsburgh what are your thoughts on Mike Tomlin as a head coach where it stands now is he's it's been you know 11 years I think it's fair to point that out that they haven't sniffed the Super Bowl in in quite some time they they had that one title game in foxborough in i think it was 2016 when levy and bell and his groin came up lame but it's been you know it's been a while since this franchise has gotten to a super i think that's kind of a fair thing to point to but then again they haven't had a losing season during that time either
0: so there's two things here one is that with with tomlin as your coach there's hope every year you can make a super bowl run which is i think really important right things break right um, if you have a hot Big Ben, if the defense is always going to play good, you can make the Super Bowl every year, right? I mean, you, you're, if you are going to be above, above 500 every year, or at least 500 every year, then you have a chance to get in the playoffs and, and do some damage, and that's always um, more acceptable than, I think, having one playoff year where your team is really good and you'll make it another four years out of five, something like that. But secondly, when you fire a coach – you have to hire a better coach. That's that's what you're supposed to do, right? It doesn't always happen that way. But if you fire Tomlin, who are you hiring? Who, who are you hiring that's better than Mike Tomlin? Now, I can make the argument that when Big Ben, after the season, is retired, that maybe you part ways with Tomlin and you start anew with everyone else. But it's not what the Steelers do, right? The Steelers stick with their coaches. I like that approach. You keep kind of one, one, um, one vision One message in the locker room, obviously still works as players still play very hard for Tomlin. Uh, But I will say if they draft a running back in the first round, he should be fired immediately. So if that happens, then it's it's a fireball offense. Him and Colbert gone right away.
1: We've gone around and around about this here. And I'm largely on your side. Um, Prominent voices like Warren Sharp are now really pounding the table and talking the kind of stuff you're talking about. These extreme like you're insane and you can't be considered a legit general manager, personnel guy in pro football in the 21st century. If you use a first-round draft pick, I will say it's not like there aren't examples of teams succeeding when, at, right after they take a running back up high. I think the more damning thing is giving a second contract. That's that's the cutoff point from from Zeke. I, I don't think I don't think the Dallas Cowboys, even though they could have had Jalen Ramsey. I don't think they lament having taken Zeke Elliott. The problem is maybe that they shouldn't have given him that massive second. Sure. Leonard Fournette for one year, the mistake by the, by the Jags was not um, drafting Leonard Fournette. It was because largely uh, of the success that Leonard Fournette provided in his rookie season yeah. and the great defense that they thought, well, we can just run it back with Blake Bortles. The mistake was not replacing Blake Bortles. It right. wasn't taking Leonard Fournette I- there. I, I, so I, mean, I, I, I don't think days. it's a crazy. Th- Here, and by the way, down one, down more, down. one more, one I, more. I, I've said this a million times. But I'll say it for the million and first. The Patriots probably don't win the Super Bowl in 2018 when they go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, um, the D Ford offsides game yeah. without Sony there. Michelle. They leaned heavily on Michelle, and I don't know that James White could have well, let's replaced those it. touches for those. So those great. are three examples of teams. Great point.
0: What great point. So you I'm glad go. you mentioned that. You know, who, you know who was really good that year that uh, that New England won the Super Bowl. Their offensive line was really good. Okay, they were really good that season, right? Pittsburgh offensive line, and we agree, not very good right now. You can get a very quality offensive lineman at twenty four. Okay, you get a very quality running back at one hundred and seventy two. Like, like that's a big difference, right? Is mm-hmm. that you get yourself a left tackle, you get yourself a, a guard. You need a new center, Creed Humphreys from Oklahoma, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Come on down, be a, be a Pittsburgh senior. Land Dickerson is huge. He's what fits, he's what Pittsburgh has always done at that position. Got yourself a big guard. I mean, it's not you know, first round guards. I don't know if there's that many of them. There's guys like Elijah Vera Tucker that might go inside and play guard. He's probably gone by 24. Um, but like, go, go get yourself an offensive lineman. You can address running back at any other time. Like that, that's the problem, Dave, is that it's about positional value, right? So if you're looking at the value of what they should do, you can find yourself a quarterback, excuse me, a, a running back at a different time. You're not guaranteed to find yourself an offensive lineman is good in the third round.
1: I agree. The other side of that coin is it when people insist that the issue isn't taking a running back, they need to take. Uh, a tackle, people are more specifically saying that, or maybe a center, the the guard position between Dotson and, and DeCastro is probably taken care of in the short yes. term, although DeCastro is going into his last year. Um, the problem becomes, though, when you settle on that's the position we need, then you just slot who's next up at that well, position. Yeah. If the first three or four guys at tackle are gone off the board, the insistence that they take a tackle is like, well, yeah, well, but yeah. Is it, they're right. not the same human being. So, so here's the question. They have a declining right. set of skills. So
0: here's a question about that. So there's there's the idea of best player available, right, which you just take the best player at 24, whoever that is. And then there's the need, you know, and there's positional need of your team and there's kind of combining both of those, right? So sure. let's say that at 24, um, the top tackles are all gone. So that's Panay Sewell and Slater and Elijah Veritaker who probably plays guard and Christian Derrissaw. Okay. Let's say those four guys are gone by then. And let's say you have a low first round grade or high second round grade on, um, on uh, Brady Christensen, the off or Alex Leatherwood, right? At 24, I can make the argument that the left tackle is a supremely important position for Pittsburgh. It's okay to reach seven spots. You know, you might have him pinned at 31 or 34 or 35 on your board. It's okay to go ahead and reach for that left tackle at 24 because he's he, a premium position, and it's not that much of a stretch to get a guy that you need that position or trade back or trade back at a 24 to somewhere I in think, the second round. I think do that. that's the But, move. A, but a running is back at 24 – it, for that team, for their team needs, running back, yes, they need a more, maybe more dynamic guy like to position, but that's not going to change their offense. Drafting Najee Harris and not being able to block for him doesn't make their offense any better.
1: I hear you. It, and then it becomes, uh, to some degree, about how good is, um, is Zach Banner going to be in 2021? Can Chooks Okafor make the switch over to, to left tackle? And if you are optimistic, then maybe the offensive line isn't as... Uh, isn't, isn't as bad as it is constituted right now, save at the center spot. Um, I like the idea of trading back. I don't know what the value is, what you get back for making that move, but well, Dave you, Gettleman you, you, talking you get, about
0: it. You get more draft picks. That's what the value is. Almost yeah, no, never, I, it's almost never wrong to trade back.
1: I hear you. No, I just – I mean in the immediate because are they able to then do that and get, let's say, ATN or Javante Williams um, well, I mean, and but, still get but, a, a –
0: but, I mean, I guess it depends on where you have these guys on your board and where you think they might sure. go.
1: Yeah. Um, Gettleman, the rumor is out there that he's looking at trading uh, back. Sure. Eddie Spaghetti laughs at this. Eddie Spaghetti, do you think well, – what do you put the odds on Gettleman actually trading back from 11 there?
2: I mean, the odds are very low. It's close to zero as it possibly could be. Because he, well, number one, Gettleman does not do it. Number two, the Giants as an organization do not do it. Uh, I think I would be – weirdly, I would be okay with it only because – the position the giants need uh which would be probably like li- outside linebacker or edge rusher cornerback uh, receiver um and even offensive line you could probably get like jeff just said quality players at those positions wherever they trade back to in the yeah. you know, late teens early twenties, so it's perfect it's a perfect draft for that that being said like if they also stand pat at 11 you can get a closer to an elite player that you can get a Waddle at receiver. You can get, if you can want to get Parsons or someone like that at an edge rusher, or you can, maybe Sertan drops a cornerback and get him at 11. So there are guys that I'm totally, it would be so ecstatic about taking that 11. But if they did somehow move back, I think for what their needs are, it would not make sense.
1: Um, all right. And we it, it, it now seems, although there is very late buzz that maybe the Jets aren't settled on Zach Wilson, it seems that they are settled on Zach Wilson. Everybody now officially over their skis about Zach Wilson, which I think is kind of funny because I I'm a, I don't quite I don't quite understand. Um, it's because here's why, Schwartz, because people sorry. don't like to fe- because it, there is peer pressure, just like there was in junior high. With people who talk about pro football, and once everybody decides when enough uh, people who who uh, pass over the bar in terms of perception for for credibility decide Zach Wilson's good, then people are embarrassed to say they shouldn't do that. You see, people feel people shame each other out of things. And now, if you don't think Zach Wilson is going to be great, now you're a chump and you're not to be taken seriously. I, I just don't know if he's going to be Very great. But
0: I just feel like. We don't apply the same scrutiny to him that we have other quarterbacks. Of course not. Well, that's the point. The the idea that, like, when you look at a quarterback prospect, you want to see them make most of their plays in the rhythm of the play, right? So drop back, boom, step and throw. A lot of times with Zach Wilson highlights, they're all like secondary and third reactions, that's kind of not what you want in a quarterback. I mean, that's kind of the you know, people said Justin Fields has the same problem with just you know not being able to get to a second or third read. Part of that is Ohio state's offense, they throw vertical a lot, he's gotta wait forever for 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 someone to be open. I just, you know, he had a great offensive line, he was never hit in BYU. What's interesting is out of all the quarterbacks in this draft, Trevor Lawrence had the least amount of protection. He was he had the least amount of help around him with protection than did the other quarterbacks kind of interesting you know most of the time the top guy has like maybe the best offensive line not the case in this draft
1: um i uh, yeah i mean listen zach wilson is fun to watch but if you watched him at all and by the way shorts do you ever pick up in spaghetti too do you ever pick up that a lot of people who have very strong opinions about these guys maybe have never watched them play or have watched the same like four or five plays. And this is where their opinion is coming from. I'm not saying that's true about a lot of the the serious people out there who, who do this for a living, but there, there's some percentage. I think the general public would be shocked and ashamed at who they listen to about some of these matters. I, th- I, I think people just flat out don't know that Zach Wilson, who is he playing against this? This matter's, only in some circumstances to people. Somehow Zach Wilson playing behind a dominant offensive line is no matter. He's definitely going to be a star in the correct pick for the Jets. I mean,
0: people want to validate their opinions, right? So they look for the I best way to do that. So, But I think he goes number two, and then number three obviously becomes pretty interesting.
2: All right. To add go quickly ahead, to that, again. too, just to say that Zach Wilson, according to FanDuel.com slash minus three, is still minus 3,000 to go second wow. overall. So he's, uh, I mean, not as as crazy as a favorite as Trevor Lawrence is, is like minus 10,000, but minus 3,000 Zach Wilson to go second. Justin Fields is the next highest at, uh, at plus 1,200. Uh, right now, FanDuel has the number three overall pick. Mac Jones, who normally was leading that way, is now the second favorite behind Justin Fields at plus 1,05.
1: Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, as they say, a relationship business. So it's hard to really push back too hard when you know that one guy, one scout uh, analyst on TV is close with a GM and they work together. If that guy's telling you like, well, I, I know, it's, know it's, it's that I, I guy. It's going to be that quarterback. I, it's hard to push back too hard.
0: About the, it. the Niners thing is interesting because, you know, I just, teams are notoriously tight lipped on who they're going to draft. And, The idea that Niners traded up to three and they just told everyone who they're going to draft doesn't jive with how this works. Mm -hmm. You know, know, for example, you know, John Dorsey a a couple years back, everyone was like, Sam Darnold, the guy, it's happening. Like two years beforehand, it's like, ah, maybe, maybe it's Baker Mayfield. We're three months out or two months out where the Niners are drafting Mac Jones already. Like, I know, look, and they traded up, obviously to draft someone they wanted, right? It's either Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields. But I just don't believe it's Mac Jones. I just don't believe it. The the idea, hear me out on this one. People say this, Dave, ready? And I'm sure you've heard this, Eddie, same thing. That Kyle Shanahan's offense worked really well with Matt Ryan, who, by the way, has an elite arm, right? We agree on that. He's not very mobile, but he's got an elite passing arm. Worked well with Cousins, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it elevated them to elite status. So therefore, he wants to draft Mac Jones because he can control him in his offense. He's not the highest trait guy. What? Why would you not want to draft a guy with elite traits and put him in an offense that makes quarterbacks great? Like that to me feels like the win-win. You draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance, who has better traits. Than does Mac Jones. You put him in an offense that makes every quarterback great, and you get Aaron Rodgers an MVP season in that same offense. Like to me, the idea that you should draft a lesser talented quarterback because the system works well is so backwards. Why would you draft a lesser talented player? Why would you trade up to lose your two next first round draft picks on a team that needs, you know, still needs help building their roster for Mac Jones? I don't get it.
1: Because the answer, I think, is exactly what we're talking about. GM ego, head coach ego. They have egos too. Kyle Shanahan's system gets the buzz, not Jimmy G or Matt I Ryan. It, but, but, I, I I could kind of see I, I buying that. your own jive to the point that you're like, yeah, it's my system. I can plug a guy in there. I just need – it's not but the high-end traits. It's particular traits that only I see that make me the wizard that I well, am. In seen,
0: pro but, but, but Dave, we've seen Kyle Shanahan talk about how – Guy like Josh Allen would probably played his best game as a pro against the Niners last year in minor football game, obviously it was in Arizona. Um, like he tore him to shreds and he saw what Pat Mahomes did to them in the Super Bowl with seven minutes left. Like to me, the idea that he just he just is gonna ignore everything he's seen to draft Mac Jones feels stupid to me, even though this might be obviously to your point, the ego of it.
1: No, I. And by the way, I agree with you. I think this is all jive, but I'm just saying that the the devil's damashek of it is exactly that. It's a why would he do that? It's the ego. The other side is in the same neck of the woods, the same football town of San Francisco. Bill Walsh, kind of famously, you know, Brian Baldinger and I and a bunch of other fellas did a uh, a what if thing a couple of years ago about that, and we discussed that. You know, Walsh at some point. In the early 80s, even with the Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl 16 went over the Bungles. And um, as they as they succeed, that there was some sense from Walsh that what if I could get Marino or John Elway in this offense? I what, wouldn't even really the run the West Coast because the West Coast is a scheme that works for a, uh, a quarterback with certain traits. Marino renders it moot. I don't need to run some yes. some sort of high-end scheme when I have that skill level. Yes. And then, so, so the logic then stands. It's like, therefore, me as the head coach, the play designer, isn't as important if I have Dan Marino and we're winning games because of his superhuman traits. I kind of get it. I, anyway, it's I, I, I all a conversation we're about to have, the little uh, exercise we're about to do here. Yeah. Perfectly.
0: Yeah, I would just right? say that, like, to me, Andy Reid's a great example of taking a guy who – who re- they run Andy Reid's offense, a couple wrinkles here and there, still has his offense. You just have an elite trait guy doing it, and they win a Super Bowl. Like, that to right. me feels like the example that, that that Kyle Shanahan looks at Justin Fields and says, hey, he can make some throws that maybe I don't really have in my offense, right, which Pat Mahomes has done in, in Andy Reid's offense. But still, the, the basis of Andy Reid's offense – and I think they're going to go back to this next year. They're going to go back to, I think, more of the basic West Coast things. Like get You know, get the ball out of Mahomes' hands, get him in rhythm, kind of go back to taking what the defense gives them. Um, and and so the base of that offense is still what Andy Reid has always run. They just have an elite trait guy to do it now. To me, Shanahan, that feels like a win for that. So with that being said, I think it's time for
1: the uh, the all-time draft. I'm with you, and I I, I... – i'm a justin fields guy hear me now believe me in five years or so i think the optimistic comp that i'll make steve young if steve young were right-handed that's what the the high-end skills that justin fields possesses are similar um to steve young from I, from way I, back
0: I could, I could see that I could, and you know and steve young was obviously in the west coast offense where he succeeded right.
1: That's exactly right. All right. You hear us talking about FanDuel. You hear us talking about FanDuel.com slash minus three. That's because we want you to add some excitement to your sports watching experience. And we want you to do it by betting all your action on FanDuel Sportsbook. And we want you to use the promo code minus three. It's the word minus the number three. And there's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. The app is really simple to use. I use it every day. Great odds. On all different betting markets, unique, fun bet types like same-game parlay. And if you win, you're going to get your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. Spaghetti, we were just talking about your Rangers and a big one going up against the Islanders. I like that same-game parlay. The Pens are playing host to the Devils on Tuesday night. I think the Pens are a smart play there. They don't have a ton of wiggle room at this point to just drop games they have to show up for these the devils really playing for not much of anything that makes the pens a good bet and a great bet is whichever guy you like best on their top line whether it's brian russ jake ensel or Sidney crosby all plus odds on those and if you same game parlay that with the pens as a winner that's what i'm talking about make it even more interesting than it already is FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. You heard what I said there. Your first bet on anything. Like I said, maybe it's Jake Gensel to score a goal. And FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back. If you don't win, no strings attached. Place any bet you want. And if you do it, you keep the cash. If you lose it, you'll get your entire bet back up to $1,000. $1,000 insight credit and of course like i say make sure you're doing it at fanduelcom slash minus three um all right so a few things to go over if you're new to the all-time draft and i imagine you are and uh schwartz and spaghetti let's chime in i've reached out to a few of our pals to help us out with their thoughts on this a couple of things as we jump in here we're going to go one through 32 well we're not going to do all 32 we're going to do the top 12 And then we will do all the teams in the Northeast, the teams from the AFC East, the NFC East, and uh, the AFC North. And so we'll get – I think that's 18 or 19 teams we'll get through here. Um, And we'll be drafting based on actual 2021 team needs. So the Jags need a QB. They're going to take a QB in all likelihood unless – Maurice Jones drew texts to me at the 11th hour and says, it's got to be this kid from USC, Tony Baselli, or another kid from USC who projects to be a, uh, a high end NFL um, left tackle, uh, Anthony Munoz, Mm -hmm. unless it's somebody like that. I think it's more likely to be a quarterback that's out on the market there. Now, the reason we do this, these we're only evaluating every player in the history of people as though they are only 21 years old and therefore we only have their college deeds to work off of. Because the reason is if we knew that um, if you knew what Tom Brady was about to do here, or if you knew what Joe Montana was about to do, he would surely be, even if you already had a good quarterback, even if you have um, Patrick Mahomes, you might be tempted to take Dan Marino if you knew how good Dan Marino was about to be. So we've got to create this uh, suspension of reality a little bit. Everybody is twenty-one years of age. You know, everybody would take Lawrence Taylor no matter what their teams' team needs are. If Lawrence Taylor, the Hall of Fame were available, but you wouldn't be so sure about him if he were just a, an intriguing pro- prospect coming out of UNC around um, about nineteen eighty-two. Um, so that's that's the main rule, and. You know, along those lines, same thing. Jim Brown is better than any running back you have. So you would take Jim Brown no matter what your team needs are. So, with that being said, and I think to make it a little more palatable to you, Eddie Spaghetti, as a young man, Jeff Schwartz, you as a young man, and to the audience, we won't go into the wayback machine. Night Train Lane is not probably going to get drafted here. Neither is Sammy Baugh. We're going no, to try to. Well, listen. I might slip up and draft draft Roger Staubach or Mangio Green. I might. I don't know what might happen here.
0: How about, how about how about Eddie and I stick to what uh, the age, the era we we're born in, and you can you can draft people from the 1920s. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah. Can I just chime in with like in terms of like the all-time quarterbacks getting drafted, like like the buzz surrounding some of them, and you're mentioning like you know Elway, and like I don't even remember the buzz surrounding Peyton Manning. Like the first real true buzz, I would say, was like Mike Vick. And then obviously like the Andrew Luck is crazy and now, like Trevor Lawrence. So like the quarterbacks that I remember, and and then you know what I will say the 0-4 class with with Eli, uh, Big Ben and Rivers that had some decent buzz to it. But I do not like recall yeah, like I mean, the Leaf Manning thing at all.
0: Same with me. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean the I mean the Leaf Manning thing I remember a little bit of, but I don't like you know the the '83 draft. I wasn't born yet. I mean, just I've watched you know the, I've watched documentaries and stuff, so I know <laughs> the talent. But like I, you know, so. So we will we'll have fun with this, though. I'm excited. My get- old
1: man, my old man, who was the pit doctor back in the early '80s, was taking calls from NFL teams about Dan Marino. What can you tell us about Danny Marino, Doc? What can what, what can you tell us? I'm they, sure. You, it was it was uh, that was fun. You guys don't remember it. Ah, oh, I'm 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 quite old. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. The all-time draft of 2021 is underway. Jacksonville Jaguars, you are on the clock. All right, what are the team needs? Like we say, we don't have to spend a ton of time. I think they're going to go quarterback here, no matter what else they may need down there in Duval County. Who are the options, Jeff Schwartz? I
0: mean, it feels like the 83 draft is where we start, right? I mean, has there been more more hype than Elway Marino? I like this
1: Elway kid coming out of Stanford. I know it's not uh, a a program steeped in great success recently, but – um uh, this this kid's got a huge arm, as big an arm as I, I as I've ever seen, played like I say, not surrounded by a gaggle of talent, no matter yeah. he put up huge numbers there in Palo Alto. I expect you know the kid great uh, off script, um and uh you know, obviously must be a bright kid coming out of Stanford. so uh you know, Elway. Looks awfully interesting to me. Also, another Stanford kid, Andrew Luck, um, seems to possess all the tools and is uh, a bright kid himself. I take a look at him and also down in Alabama with Bear Bryant, a guy who can really run around, does have a knee issue that we want to take a good look at there in uh, Joe Willie Namath, kid from uh, outside of uh, Steel Town. Pennsylvania um I think those would be the guys I'd look at you couldn't
0: wait one pick to go to like the 1960s could you you just couldn't couldn't I
1: I just I want you to have full information (laughs) Eddie Spaghetti your thoughts any quarterback you like out there I think the UCLA kid Troy Aikman is intriguing big arm so on and so forth shook off the big eight days at Oklahoma and uh, thrived in a pass first offense there in the the Pac-10
2: well, I mean, you you got to think about if they want to go the mobile route. We haven't really seen a quarterback like Michael Vick in the history, uh, you know, of what he does at Virginia Tech. He's a good option. Uh, if you like the 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 Manning pedigree, uh, the Manning kid in Tennessee also could be uh, pretty interesting there for a pick. So you know, they want to maybe keep it in like the SEC. Son of,
1: you know what's interesting? Son of Archie, son of yeah. Archie, who yeah. won the Heisman Trophy at Ole Miss. So uh, obviously, Apple didn't fall far from the tree there. Huh?
2: Right. And his brother may be good too, Eli. So we'll see about that. But uh, I think, yeah, I think you got to throw those two names in the mix. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if they if they did go uh, with the chalk pick, which is probably Elway. What do you think here, Schwartz?
0: The thing I love about Elway is how he can backpedal and plant his foot and throw the hardest football I've ever seen in my life. It is incredible, like the accuracy with with which he can throw. Uh, But are we concerned that he goes to baseball instead? Is he going to go to Jacksonville?
1: I it is a legitimate uh, question to ask. I think um, I think we'd be naive if we didn't uh, um, at least take a moment to ask that question. Urban Meyer, though, good fit with the way Herb likes to approach things, and from what you know of this uh, this Elway kid being a Pack Ten walk as you are.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I would. Uh, I I think that that's the the way to go is is Elway here
1: okay um and uh, with that pick the jacksonville jaguars do indeed take john elway to be their quarterback in 2021 and beyond congratulations i think you have a kid a kid there who has got some real swagger to him like i say can make plays even if there isn't a play that herb and company call i think uh This kid, um, assuming he does wear the number seven in the NFL, I think uh, this kid's got a real chance at uh, a long stretch of success in our league. At number two, I reached out to Dan Hanzoos from Around the NFL podcast. Of course, he is a Jets fan to ask him what he'd be interested in doing there. Um, He floated out there. I think uh, Joe Willie makes a lot of sense here with modern medicine to support the body and heavy scrutiny to rein in his lifestyle – Um, Two good points there on the guy. Like I say, great runner as well as uh, thrower of the football. Big time arm as quick a release as you could ever see. I think quarterback is the play here now that Sam Darnold is off the books there. How say you Spaghetti?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting pick now because they have to go quarterback with Sam Darnold, not in the roster. Or, you know, if if this uh, if they kept Darnold, I'd throw names like maybe a Calvin Johnson, maybe a Reggie Bush, someone a dynamic offensive weapon. But without a quarterback, they really need to take one here. A guy that I like for this team. I know Joe Namath does make sense. He may fit the Broadway style, um, but somebody who's very uh you know humble and and just a real student of the game and and is going to block out all that extra new york media noise would be an andrew luck and he's a out of stanford he's a guy that i think is kind of in that elway mold and i can't see him having like he's going to have a 15 20 year career in the nfl just a super long career committed to the game and he'll be a new york jet for for quite some time
0: after the success of of the pack 12 in in college basketball pack 10 having two players drafted back to back from the same school I won't say no to that
1: so Andrew Luck is uh is a possibility uh Joe Namath um is uh is another possibility there you know I, I'm gonna throw a name out his brother just came up there uh Peyton Manning um the kid the younger brother named Eli who went to Ole Miss as well um I, my concern with him is he's he's a little quieter. He's he's may not be an alpha personality, and I'd be I'd look at him, but I don't know that Eli Manning is built to handle the scrutiny of New York as a media market. I just I think he'll he'll get crushed by it, and that's why I'm not going to go with Eli. And I think that the Jets here they want a leader of men. They want uh, a guy who can match wits. I think. Robert Sala is going to take care of the defense. I think Peyton Manning makes all the sense in the world here. The The book on this kid out of Knoxville is you can just turn the keys over the offense to him. He'll take care of it. He'll run the show. Offensive coordinator may not even be required. Sala managing the D, this kid Peyton Manning taking care of the offense, I think bright days ahead for uh, the New York Jets. How say you, Schwartz?
0: What about a guy – like Aaron Rodgers, I feel like his personality would kind of the lack of maybe uh, who
2: the
1: guy on the Packers.
0: Yes, well, he's on, on the pa-
1: Packers. How could he go to? Oh, you uh, What forgot. are you trading we him?
0: I'm we can't. We can't do this. Oh, dang it. Yes, okay. Um I'm fine with uh with the direction you went. I've, uh, I'm just looking at. It. We can't. Uh, but on that still, green jersey,
1: playing. Peyton Manning, and guess what, AFC? Got uh, nightmares waiting for you, especially you up in Foxborough. I don't know if you're going to be able to handle this Peyton Manning kid. He might outsmart even uh, that head coach you have in uh, in New England. At number three, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Intriguing now. All of a sudden, do they definitely go quarterback? They still have Jimmy G. They have uh, Kyle, who can make a success of just about any quarterback. Who he throws under center there? Where are you looking here, Schwartz?
0: Feels like Troy Aikman at UCLA is, is a perfect fit mm. for this offense. What Shanahan wants to do, um, just an uh, an easy thrower, smart thrower of the football. Um, I think it would fit very well. Um, you know, just intellectually in, in this in this offense. Uh, to me, him or or maybe a, a Steve Young at a, at a BYU feel like just two great fits for what Shanahan wants to do on offense. Steve Young, obviously, more mobile. Uh, actually, it would be interesting to see a lefty in this offense. They set everything up to kind of have that right-handed bootleg, but I think it might throw teams off to, to flip everything with the, the left-hander getting you know, some of those bootleg actions. But So listen, the
1: investment in Trent Williams makes it so that it probably you don't go and get a lefty. Interesting. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I would say that the, the righty is probably the way to go here. I think Aikman feels like the uh, the best option.
1: I, I I don't want to push back too hard on that one because the kid, uh, you know, power five school and all that. The other, you, you mentioned lefty, and that brings to mind um, BYU star uh, again, another smart guy, big arm can really make some plays with the legs. Steve Young, what, what what's your read on this guy? I mean, uh, filled some big shoes there in, uh, in Provo uh, for Jim McMahon, who was the all everything guy, obviously. For the Cougars and uh, Steve Young stepped right in and that team did not miss a, miss a beat for Lavelle Edwards
0: that'd be great I mean you, you obviously like I said you had to flip everything that to run this offense kind of the opposite direction the way he has it now but I think I think younger Aikman feel like um the the easy but the way that we talk about the 49ers in, in this
1: offense feels like Aikman is more of the stylistic fit than a Steve Young there he goes number eight get used to looking at that you got a studded quarterback 49ers fan i have fans i think that's going to be cool like a big red uh red jersey with a number eight on it and that guy is your quarterback now imagine that that's going to be a cool look for you Niners fans enjoy troy aikman everybody um next up it's the atlanta falcons eddie spaghetti how say you here
2: Yeah, I know A lot of
1: needs here. Matt Ryan, a question. I'm sorry to fill in there. You could always address offensive line there in Atlanta. You might want a dynamic defensive player. There are a number on the board right there. And within that region there, I don't know how much people are aware of this guy nationally, but definitely down there in that part of uh, uh, the land of college football, there's a guy. um, I know they're, they're considered more of a Basketball school, but from Chapel Hill, there is an I don't even know if you call him a defensive end. I don't know if he's you call him a linebacker. He's the one he's you a draft. Stud. He's he's Grease Lightning. Lawrence Taylor is his name. I think he might be a real difference maker if you drop him this, into into that Atlanta team. This
0: is easily the best pick of the draft so far with with team fit and need. I think the easiest draft pick of the first four, uh, he makes the most sense here in Atlanta, who cannot develop a pass rusher. He doesn't need developing coming right now and 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 dominate the game from the defense side of the ball Uh, lt's the pick for me
1: i think spaghetti you know falcons have had some success with matt ryan they have and you know they reached a little bit to try and resurrect todd Gurley in 2020 that didn't go are you looking maybe at a running back here or do you agree with uh with this uh unc product
2: I mean, I think, yeah, that that could definitely be a pick that works. I think uh, I'm with you. The Todd Gurley thing isn't going to happen. They need some kind of offensive firepower from the backfield. And, uh, you know, there's like a Kajana Carter. There's Reggie Bush. There's plenty of guys that could put uh, put back in there. But the main question is, like, Matt Ryan's 36 years old. Are you If you're sitting at number four, are you going to pass up your future, you know, face your franchise, your future quarterback. They want to ride with uh, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, Orlando Pace, putting him on the offensive line to help, you know, kind of prolong uh, Ryan's career there. I would not be, uh, that's not a bad move either. Um, The
1: Falcons do. I'm glad that it's down in Atlanta, not New York City, but the Falcons are taking Lawrence Taylor from UNC. Can you imagine how the New York fan base would react if they announced Lawrence Taylor from, you know, like, who boo. I'm glad for Lawrence Taylor that he's going to be received more warmly uh by the Peach State. At number five, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. It's an AFC North team here, the first one to pick from that division. Jeff Schwartz, how say you here? Where are their team needs? It seems like they're this is obviously a team that has uh many needs to fill here.
0: To me, it's offensive linemen. You can find yourself a wide receiver at many different points in the draft, but you have the opportunity now to draft. The best offensive lineman ever, the best left tackle of all time. And it's plenty to choose from. It's plenty to choose from. You can go with two guys out of USC and Anthony Munoz and Tony Baselli. who, side note, come on, guys, put him in the Hall of Fame, please, already. Like, come on, seriously. He, he, he means the first thing he's
1: even taking a snap and he's already in the Hall of Fame. Put in the Hall
0: of Fame. Um, Munoz, you go Bacelli, you go Ogden. Um, you know, those three guys, all actually out of Los Angeles, um, are, you know, considered. Uh, you know the you know, the best prospects of of all time at that position,
1: very humble. Jeff Schwartz doesn't name himself. he could he could conceivably draft himself here. He floats some other names from uh, from the Los Angeles we'll, county we'll area. Try
0: Mitchell Schwartz later for right tackle. Don't worry.
1: any thought to um to Missouri tight end. He's a pass catcher. He's a very sort of, uh, you know, he can block, but he also, Um, Can make plays. um, You know, he's he's a good receiver as well. Guy named Kellen Winslow um, or maybe Tony Gonzalez, who is a fun note about Tony Gonzalez coming out of Cal um, also played basketball um, when he was in college. So he might be interesting. And you know
0: what's what's crazy about something like that is no one ever mentions it once you make the NFL. No one ever mentions mm-hmm. you played a different sport and called. Well, it has Not no. Much.
1: It has no. What what point would there yeah. be in bringing? There, it up? There's, there's no point in
0: ever bringing that up. Um, you know, I feel like you can get yourself again a quality tight end at any point in, in this draft. You get the opportunity to to draft the best tackle of all time um, to protect your quarterback. I mean, Eddie it feels like that's the way to go, right?
2: without a doubt, you, you need to protect uh, your quarterback. You got to get a left tackle or right tackle in there. I mean, yeah, it's always good to say, let me get a tight end for a safety blanket for a young quarterback. But you know, the quarterback's on his behind. It doesn't matter who your tight end is. So I'm with you. Got to go. You know, Munoz. You got to go. Baselli, Pace, whoever's there. Uh, you know, you got You got to take them protect his blind side.
1: All right, I think we've settled on the position. You name the name there, Jeff Schwartz. I. You know what? We'll just for for fun. We'll just go Anthony Munoz again. Why not? Anthony Munoz from USC moving to the Midwest to... Uh, to um, Hope it works out. Yeah. It's going to wear the new uniforms for the Bengals thing. They, now they're going with stripes What do you think about now. those? They're very similar. I'm glad they got rid of the white panel thing. That's the worst part of the Bengals uniforms of the last decade is that they have this inexplicable on the jersey on the side under the armpit. They have this big white stripe. Like, why? why what is that thing for? So... Uh, less is more I I, I, um, give it a solid B I'll have to see them out on the field though I still would rather their helmets just say Bengals on them instead of having the stretch I like that Bengals look from uh, their original days speaking of old uniforms that I love it's the Miami Dolphins this is a team that is uh, attempting to resurrect itself all the way back into the playoff picture Tua is the guy it looks like he's going to make it through his sophomore season in South Beach, they're probably not going to trade him and uh, try to replace him. It doesn't look that way. Maybe it's about getting him weapons. Short, sure, start us off. Where where, where do you, are you looking here? Brian me, Flores seems to be managing yeah. the D just fine.
0: To me, it's wide receiver all the way here. You just drafted some offensive linemen uh, in the previous draft. I think you go wide receiver here, and you go with either Calvin Johnson, a big-bodied guy who can go get the ball from from Tua um, or Randy Moss a speedster who can fly down the field let Tua just throw the ball up in there to me it feels like for Tua's skill set Calvin Johnson might be a little just a little bit better hmm. bigger bodied guy you know i'm not sure Tua has the um, he's got good arm strength but like the elite kind of throw to, to Moss doesn't feel like type his game feels like feels like Calvin Johnson to me the ability again to go get to go get 50 50 balls to be big and physical Feels like he fits the Dolphins better. I'd go Calvin Johnson.
1: I I like that pick. Um, Randy Moss, you may know before he was at Marshall, um, was down at the U, and it wasn't a great fit. You know, some some minor character questions and so on. Maybe sending him back down there isn't the greatest idea. Calvin Johnson, a little bit cleaner, um, probably in in terms of background, and uh, and I think that makes sense. Any spaghetti? Any pushback there?
2: I'm totally with Jeff on the position. Just throw another name out there. If we're not going to go with Calvin Johnson here, who would be a great fit for uh, for two. I mean, just an unbelievable catch radius. The stuff he does at Georgia Tech, a run for a school, it's insane. Um, you know, you got Keyshawn Johnson, a Los Angeles guy hmm. at, at USC. He fit perfectly uh, in South Beach, you know, moving from the L.A. town to the son over there with Tua, and I think he'll be a good team-first guy, just always caring about, you know, the team-first putting wins ahead of his personal accomplishments, and you, you got to like his size and his production in college. I think he's another name you can throw in the mix.
1: Yeah, and and one more for you to consider there, Schwartz, before you announce uh, your final pick there. I really like a kid from the U. I mean, a dynamic performer really suits the, uh, the celebratory atmosphere that is South Beach. What about Michael Irvin, local product? staying with uh with two and company
0: that's a good choice um but i just not think a the,
1: burner under yeah i just understood. think that
0: the, the to me what miami was missing last year was the third and eight just here's the ball calvin johnson go catch it like that mm-hmm. to me feels like the the difference in in what and again it's not kind of no disparaging randy moss who obviously you know is is a blazer and and runs different kind of routes of calvin johnson um, it just feels like the skill set, if I'm drafting to help Tua, uh, to me, Calvin Johnson fits that fits that persona a little bit better.
1: Um, okay, I like that. And you know what? He's This guy's like a hero. He's almost he's almost not human with his skill set. It's like he was created in a lab, like he's a machine or something. I think a good nickname for this guy would be Optimus Prime. I love right? that. That'd be kind of, would be like that. Really good. Let's see if we can make that catch on. All right. Probably a a team that probably could have really used a guy like Calvin Johnson, the Detroit lions. Where do they look now at number seven, Jeff Schwartz?
0: Um, I think there's two options here. Uh, You're a wide receiver with Randy Moss and you go ahead and get yourself a a little bit of help for, for Jared Goff. But I also think there's a possibility quarterback here as well. You know, Goff is probably not the long-term solution there. If you like a quarterback and you know, you're a best player available here in a quarterback kind of fits the mold maybe uh, maybe joe harrington um hopefully that that goes well if they end up going that direction i I have my worries though that it might not so Mm. it feels like to me i mean randy moss if you if you're if you're all on jared goff a guy to help to help him would be um pretty ideal
1: okay uh eddie spaghetti your thoughts i mean they they seem to be you know they're not going to invest uh You would think after taking a running back high the last couple last few years um, there that they're not going to look in that direction, maybe defense, I suppose. Um, How say you?
2: Yeah, I mean, they their current situation at running back seems okay. receiver. I was a little depleted. I wouldn't be upset with them at all if the lines went receiver with this pick. But from everything we're seeing, it's like they're not really happy with the quarterback position. They don't really feel uh, encouraged by it. They may need a new face of the franchise. You got to look, you know, at somebody like Heisman Trophy winner, Carson Palmer uh, from SC. Mm-hmm. If you get him there, a guy you could kind of build around pretty face. The fans are going to love it. Some, you know, be happy for in Detroit. Obviously way too long of a playoff drought. And you, he's something you could build around. Should have a you know, a long, stable, healthy career. Um, and that's a good place to start, especially with the offense. who needs a, a, a giant boost.
1: How say you, Schwartz? At number seven, the Detroit Lions select... Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Oh, no. Those words are a nightmare. Good luck, NFC North. You're going to have to handle that guy. Can you imagine if you're a Bears or Packers or... Uh, Vikings DB here in those words. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare for you. I think this kid's uh, electric. Um, at number eight, it's the Carolina Panthers. You were uh, you were drafted by this team, weren't I, you? I was. Yeah.
0: I unfortunately, I would not draft myself again for them at this position. So,
1: um, year two for Matt Rule. A lot of lot of high yeah. hopes about uh, you know mastermind of offense. He really devoted the twenty twenty draft to building up the defense. Where is he looking this year?
0: So I think with the trade of Sam Darnold, you're there, you got it for two years. So quarterback to me is, is not worth it at this time. You want to put your resources into making sure that, that Sam Darnold gets the best opportunity to win the next year. So that feels like offensive line to me. Give me like big old John Ogden, just a guy at left tackle who is a mauler in the run game. You know, you're going to use CMC in the run game, but just a guy that's it's a big physical presence on this offense that Sam Darnold trusts Will have his blind side. Give me the big fella out of UCLA.
1: I like that one. Again, I'll I'll float the name Tony Gonzalez as an intriguing pick. Yeah, up.
0: I I I think that to me they don't feel like they're a tight end away from being that competitive. But I do think Tony Gonzalez would help
1: Sam Donald a lot, obviously. Okay. Uh, yeah, that will uh, make him feel nice and comfy there. At number nine, the Denver Broncos really In a position of luxury here, they didn't trade up ultimately. And now it looks to me, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie Spaghetti, I think they're going to be able to take a nice quarterback here. Just a, a matter of which guy they want there. They have some nice pass catchers to work with.
2: I totally agree. They're in a spot now where they could take a QB here and build for the future. It depends what route they want to go. Do you want to go with you know the Fresno kid David Carr? I heard a lot of good things about him. Maybe a more mobile guy from Manson. Auburn. I'll tell you, Cam that. He's I mean, easy e- easy way to to put his face on billboards. I think, and you know, he's a guy's going to come in there and, and and outwork everyone in the building. Get there at four a.m. I like Carr. That pick could be a more mobile guy like Cam Newton. You know, rocket arm, big body. Uh, he could be another good pick there for them. So, like, yeah, I mean, they have to go quarterback. They have to take the next step. They're they're in a very tough division with a lot of other good quarterbacks. So, it's time for the Broncos to get one of their own.
1: Yeah, and if you want a strong arm guy cutting through that already thin air a mile high, can you imagine Jamarcus Russell? Is he? He's an interesting guy. A lot of talk about his skill set and uh, and his readiness to make the jump to yeah. the NFL. He he might be. A fun guy to take a look at. Jeff Schwartz, Denver Broncos at nine. How say so, you? Who are they taking?
0: You know, it feels like they've been trying to find a John Elway mold. It feels like they've always been trying to search for that guy since now. He's, not, he's no longer part of, I believe, making control over decisions on, on the roster. Um, what about this? This this big-armed kid out of Washington State, Ryan Leaf, who feels mm-hmm. like the mold of what John Elway, of what they want John Elway to, to be, Right big powerful arm um a guy that that can you know led a, a small time program to the Rose Bowl in Washington State. Uh, they didn't win the game, but it was a close game against Michigan. It feels like if Ryan Leaf. I was gonna say Steve Young, but that doesn't really fit what what the Broncos have always done with with uh with kind of these you know big arm guys that they keep drafting tall guys. Ryan Leaf might be the pick here
1: yeah, I, I was gonna say um I, I don't know if this is too deep in the weeds for you guys, but, uh, uh, small school uh, down in Louisiana, Louisiana tech, Terry Bradshaw, this guy has as big an arm as you could ever want to see. And I think, like I say, I mean, he's not, he, he doesn't cut the same figure as this Ryan leaf. And so maybe we do go in that direction there. You know, if, if, if uh, you know, maybe, maybe we go a little less than chalk here, a guy who's big talented guy, um, you know, did it all in his junior year. Slipped up a little bit in his senior year. Uh, born and raised in the Pittsburgh area, Dan Marino.
0: Dan Marino does does fit that kind of the big, strong arm guy that uh, that he wants. That might be you know a a, a more better a reach a, a reach. You think?
1: Well, a li- maybe a little bit of a reach. He's dropped down. There's some questions about uh, you know off the field stuff. So maybe Ryan Leaf makes more sense here. And now, I mean, I think players – maybe it's a little overstated. Actually, Schwartz, weigh in on this. As a guy when you're – I assume at your level, I'm not uh, demeaning you, but you knew you were borderline going to get drafted, maybe have to go into the free agency pool post-draft. Um, but around the guys who you knew were going to go first, second round on, at, at Oregon, are is there all this stuff about – do people want to go to the Dallas Cowboys? Is that is. Fans are convinced that well, there's no better destination. It's the great, you know, you want to be on the Dallas Cowboys with the star. And this is that uh, is that true, or do people want to just go where? I think it,
0: I think that you know, people hear that Jerry is a is a um, a player friendly kind of general manager owner, takes care of his guys. I did I think teams, and then there are a lot of players that grow up Cowboys fans. So um, I think that is that is a thing. And the question is whether or not Charles Woodson or Sean Taylor are Cowboys fans because they need a cornerback in the worst way, and those feel like. The two guys who Dallas um, would have to debate at this at this spot to help themselves on defense.
1: Well, I mean, from down Texas way, talented. I mean, it's uh, almost hard to believe his chosen position is cornerback. Guy named Mel Blunt. There's also um, kid from uh, Pitt, real physical corner, Darrell Revis. You might want to take a look at. Uh, good in the uh, in the special teams game, Deion Sanders, electric, um, really can potentially even play both sides of the ball if you're an outside the box type thinker. Um, he might make a great pick. And then from Purdue, uh, speaking of a guy who can really help you out in special teams, Rod Woodson. If you're looking at a corner there, I think uh, you can't go wrong with any of those names. Um, Shorts, how say you. Um,
0: those are some great names. I, I, I will go with, uh, with Charles Woodson, the ability uh, to do kind mm-hmm. of everything and move around on the defense and, you know, kind of, you know, if you if you need to play in the slot or play a little safety, I think he he's got that, that can do it all that that's who I would take. Um, but you know, the overlord of the draft can make the
1: final decision. Yeah, Charles Woodson, welcome to America's team. You go from uh from Michigan with that Heisman. Good luck in the move down to uh the Lone Star State. At number eleven, it's the New York football giants. Eddie Spaghetti, you know him best. What are the team needs? Where do you like? A, where would you like to see him go here? building around Daniel Dimes.
2: Yeah, team names right now. I still think they could use another receiver. Not sure if I would uh, make the receiver the first round pick though. Uh, definitely edge rusher, cornerback uh, and maybe some offensive line help. Probably the right side, right tackle because uh, they do have Andrew Thomas. They're playing left tackle. There's a lot of guys I'm looking at. Maybe a Miles Garrett, maybe a Mario Williams at edge would be great. A uh, couple of names you mentioned like a Darrell Rivas, someone at the cornerback, another lockdown would be awesome to pair along with James Bradbury. If they do want to go receiver, you know, you have some guys uh, available that, uh, you know, maybe like a Keyshawn Johnson to pair him with Kenny Galladay. So if I had to pick, I would go with Mario Williams. He's a guy that, you know, it's just a huge body. Uh, He's you when you already have Leonard Williams and you have a a Dexter Lawrence guys who clog the gaps. He'll rush from the outside of the the edge position, and that's a defensive line. That's how the Giants won their previous Super Bowls with their really strong defensive line, Uh, so that's a pick I'd make.
1: If you want Mario Williams, I'm not going to get in your way. Let me just tell you about a guy. Maybe I'm just vibing to the cool nickname, but there's a guy from Tennessee named the Minister of Defense, Reggie White, who I think also could do the job capably and fill the same role you're talking about, Schwartz. Reggie
0: Reggie White feels like a Joe Judge draft pick to me. That just feels like a guy that, that's good. That's, that what
1: that's
0: good. Well, I mean, it's good that, that they want to draft him at 12th overall. I'm not sure I'm quite sold on, on the coach, but I Reggie white to me feels like the pick over Mario Williams here. Um, but you know, we'll, we should let Eddie, it's his team, man. I don't want to if, if I'm Williams, fine with Reggie, fine with Reggie
2: white, but he he's more, I thought he was a little more in, uh, interior and the giants definitely don't need interior. He, at
0: all. he played, he played
1: the end. You can move them around if yeah. you want
2: to. Yeah. All right, then we're doing a three-man big line with uh, Dexter Lawrence, Reggie White, and uh, Leonard Williams. I'm fine with that. Leonard Williams. I
0: mean, look, that was a great contract too. So much production. Um, all right. Next up.
1: <laughs> Add number twelve. So wait. So so are we officially going uh, Reggie White here? Ed, Ed, it's
2: up to Eddie. It's his yeah, team. I'm fine with Reggie White. We're going to run all the right, three-four. Yeah, the three the, the three three big beefy boys of the D line. I love that.
1: All right, staying in the NFC East. It's the Philadelphia Eagles up now, uh, after having made that trade with the Dolphins earlier. Schwartz, how say you?
0: Oh man, a lot of a lot of a lot of needs. They, you know, wide receiver, linebacker, corner. They're not doing quarterback, maybe offensive line. Um, you know, the wide receivers that we haven't drafted yet that feel like uh, you know, maybe a um Going through my list of wide receivers here, all-time wide receivers. Um, You know, maybe an, an AJ Green would be good there because uh, we drafted Moss and Johnson already, which are two best probably in uh, in my lifetime. Um, Super productive, I know.
1: It's a fancy pants like at, you, but there's this guy Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley State. Um, who I you know I don't know he's not a burner or anything but but all he did was produce down there. Yeah. I know the competition it, wasn't great but maybe. Yeah,
0: Jerry Rice was a good option. How about a Larry Fitzgerald to come in and, and help and help kind of mentor a, a Jalen Hurts.
1: Well, he hasn't retired from the Arizona oh, Cardinals, dude. so he can't really be drafted oh. there. I don't think that doesn't uh, really. Well,
0: he's played like eighteen fucking years. He, he um, can
1: be. I mean, you could go with like okay, again. If you want a pass catching tight end that's worked over the last half decade there in Philly? Maybe you could look at one of those guys.
0: I I, I think you go Tony Gonzalez or you go with with uh, Jerry Rice here.
1: uh Philadelphia Eagles, congratulations! Tony Gonzalez, uh, Zach Ertz, maybe on his way out. This will uh, slot in nicely there. And now let's go with uh, just the teams going forward here that are in the three divisions that we focus on, AFC North, AFC East, NFC East. And uh, that takes us to number 15, the New England Patriots. I reached out to another uh, one of the heroes from around the NFL, Greg Rosenthal, the boss. And uh, I said, what would you do here? And he said... uh, what a weird question, period. Dan Marino. That was it. That was his response. Dan Marino, I don't know what he knows. This guy, this uh, Rosenthal, he he does his work breaking down tape and everything. If he knows something about this pit kit, I'll tell you this I haven't seen a release so fast since Joe Namath um, coming out of Alabama. Super productive, like I say, in his uh, stunning junior year, almost won the Heisman Trophy. Um, I, you know, I think you could do a lot worse. Bill Belichick lands, uh, the successor to Tom Brady. Do you like this Schwartz?
0: I do. I think it's a good, it's a good fit for what the Patriots need from that position. Uh, A lot of upside there. Um, and it goes well with, uh, with what Belichick wants.
1: Moves around a little bit better than you might, uh, than you might think too. Has a dynamite head of hair, nice permanent. Um, and, uh, and so, um, congratulations to the Patriots. Dan Marino is your guy. We'll see how he fares there. Miami Dolphins next up at number 18. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you for the Dolphins? A lot of different ways you can go here. I know the the collective wisdom in 2021 is that you don't go running back, but I think the Dolphins would do well to reach out. There's some really intriguing options out there if you want to go progressive and you need a pass catcher out of the backfield. There's a guy from San Diego State, I know, not a football powerhouse, but Marshall Falk. Um, has the ability to run between the tackles a little bit and also can play pass catcher for you, like I say.
2: Yeah, I think they do need to go <laughs> running back here. It's a, a, a pick they need to complete their offense. If they do draft the receiver, they have to uh, need to load him up with some weapons here. I mean, Kajana Carter at Penn State, he's a running back everyone seems to love. Uh, you have guys like Bo Jackson, a dual sport athlete, someone just, you know, really uh, they, they could do it all in the field. And I, I think they got to go uh, in that direction.
1: I mean, I love the name Bo Jackson there. There's some rumor that he cares about other sports even more than he does football. But when he plays football, he's awfully hard to uh, for other human beings to slow down. Jeff Schwartz, where are the Dolphins going here at 18?
0: I kind of want to look at tight end here a little huh, bit. Okay. Um, we, don't, we don't have many offense in the NFL without elite tight ends. I mean, great elite offenses. So maybe a, a Kellen Winslow senior would be the, the choice yeah. here for the Dolphins.
1: Another guy who, um, you know, really a hammer of a blocker, um, again from Pitt. I'm sorry to keep bringing up guys from the banks of the Three Rivers, but without Pittsburgh, there is no football. What about uh, Mike Ditka? What have you heard about this guy from the Aliquippa, Hopewell area?
0: I don't know. I was, was my dad even born when Ditka was drafted? I have no idea.
1: What a creep. All right. So, Kellen Winslow Jr., I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Kellen Winslow Sr., yes, yeah. Or, uh, you know, could have maybe looked at uh, this guy from Bama, Ozzie Newsome, who is a good pass catcher as well. Um, at 19 now, that brings us to the Washington football team. How say you, Schwartz? Where where are they looking here? I have a name I could float out to you. Um, to complete, you know, to, to, uh, I in- I'm just going to say it. You want to talk about this potentially dominant front four that they've put together. And I know that there's some questions about what they're going to do at, at quarterback long-term and all that. But what about Deion Sanders out of Florida State?
0: Well, definitely with a, with a defensive-minded coach in, in Ron Rivera, I don't, I don't think he would turn down corner. But that doesn't feel like the need they they have. I know Fitz is only a one-year deal. To me, Andrew Luck, this kid out of Stanford, fit, kind of fits what I think what Ron Rivera wants to do with that position. Um, very, very cerebral, very heady. Uh, not going to uh, to cause a lot of drama off the field. Um, I think him and, and Ron would get along very well. Uh, Scott Turner, the offense coordinator. It, it, to me, it feels like you, you draft Andrew Luck, yeah, you can play right away, sit for a year behind Fitz. I'm going quarterback there with Luck.
1: I like that choice. Um, Andrew Luck is the pick. And, you know, for what it's worth, he's a worldly guy. You know, his father was Oliver Luck, um, who was the commissioner – for European football, so he won't be overwhelmed in, uh, in um, Washington, D.C., and all the flavors available to you there. For what that's worth, Andrew Luck, congratulations, uh, and congratulations to you. Now all you need is uh, to name your football team already Washington. Uh, moving on, the Jets at number 23 there, taking the pick of the Seattle Seahawks. I reached out to one Mina Kimes for who the Seahawks would take there. Um, if they had the pick, and her response was Aaron Donald from Pitt so that Russell doesn't have to play against him anymore. Unfortunately, Mina (laughs) Kimes, Aaron Donald is on a team called the L.A. Rams, so I don't know what you're thinking. And she says we could also use Rod Woodson from Purdue. You know what? I think the New York Jets could use Rod Woodson too. This guy is uh, is as dynamic a player as there is on, on defense.
0: I was going to use, I was going to go with Deion Sanders here as well. That's a possible option. So I think we're on the, we're on the same wavelength here as a corner would be the way to go. Corner safety.
1: Well, Deion calls himself, uh, one of his nicknames is prime time. I mean, New York City, that might be the right fit there. And either way, are the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24 going to pick up whatever the Jets leave out there? I mean, Rod Woodson would be a, a nice fit there in black and gold. Uh, I guess so too with Deion Sanders, but the Jets at twenty-three spaghetti.
2: Well the the Jets I mean, yeah, I'm good with I'm good with them taking Deion Sanders. I I, I think it's a pick you have to make. Like I'm a little uh, afraid of his tackling ability. I know like people say he can cover. We'll see. You know, we'll see when he gets to the, the pros. If we can go against actual receivers. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not in love with the player as a whole. I don't think it really amounts to anything, but I think it's a pick. If he's there, you have to take it.
1: All right. Uh we'll uh we'll do that then. We'll go with Let's go with um, with Dion to the Jets. I like that. That's a good Perfect. fit for him in uh, the Big Apple. Twenty four. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers. All anybody's talking about is the need to get an offensive lineman there. Unfortunately, John Ogden off the board there. Don't Tony Baselli remains. And again, if you want to go the other way against the what people are saying now, running back. For the Steelers, guy won the Heisman Trophy there for the Pitt Panthers in Pitt Stadium. He's no secret in that neck of the woods. Tony Dorsett would be good. Also, guy won the Heisman Trophy in 1977. Earl Campbell, a real banger, would be a great fit there for what Pittsburgh likes to do.
0: Uh, Bo Jackson feels like a fit for the power run game that the Steelers want to have as well. Mm, I Um, like that. So one of those, it feels like the Steelers are inevitably going to draft a running back just to piss everyone off because they do their own thing. So... You know, those three guys, out of those three guys, I feel like we have a good selection of running backs.
1: With the 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Bo Jackson from Auburn. Love it. At 26, the Cleveland Browns. They've really toned up that uh, defense quite a bit this offseason. Is there another piece out there? They've addressed both safety slots, but there is a headbanger from USC named Ronnie Lott that really could set the tone. Um, for what Cleveland's doing in that uh, yeah. in that black and blue division, um, how say you, Jeff Schwartz?
0: Also like his his teammate Junior Seau, linebacker. Feels hmm. like the the, the okay. Browns could use a, a presence in the middle of their defense. They're good up front. They're good in the back end. You know, there, there's Junior Seau. There's a kid out of Boston College, uh, Luke Keekley, who I think would be fabulous in the NFL. Um, those feel like the you know Seau Kuechly, kind of the, the middle linebacker type, the leader of the defense. It feels like the the way the Browns can go early in this draft.
1: Yeah, and if you want that athleticism at the second level defensively, a guy who can play on the inside or out, um, I think played some offense even in college. Yeah, Brian Erlacher. Yes, um, could be a guy. Um, go ahead, Schwartz. Then with all those names available to you, um, how say you, Cleveland Browns at twenty six? Um, I will go with Junior Seau. Junior Seau, interesting, out of USC, um, long lineage of great linebackers uh, for the Trojans. Now, a member of the Cleveland Browns at number 27, the Baltimore Ravens, are ready to select there. And they need a certain kind of receiver. Um, not, It's not one-size-fits-all for what Lamar Jackson in this offense wants to do. I think you really want to be able to work the seams. What about Alabama tight end, Ozzie Newsom? That's a that's a good
0: fit for them. Um I think they need more explosion on the, on the, the outside uh, if you're going offense, you know, wide receiver angle. But um, what about a pass rusher like a, a Derek Thomas? You know, they we know that they love themselves edge rushers. This kid of Alabama, man, he can he can fly up the field. Um, you know, they they just lost themselves. Matthew Judon, they're kind of a thing. He three, four outside linebacker type. Feels like Thomas is that
1: guy at Alabama. I, you know, that's interesting. I really like that fit because they went uh, Peter Boulware in their early days. He was great. And then they had Terrell Suggs, of course, and uh, Judon. This, this continues that trend there. I like that pick at number 27. Um, and uh, with just one more pick left on the board, at number 30, a contender for the Super Bowl by all accounts, the Buffalo Bills, they really are a piece or two away from really being – a uh, maybe the scariest team in the whole conference Eddie Spaghetti where do you think the Bills are looking here
2: uh, I agree with what you're saying, that they're you know a, really a piece or two away, which means you get the luxury of taking BPA, your best player available. I mean, there's a lot of guys we mentioned that have, have felt that could they go an extra receiver, maybe to help out someone like Stephon Diggs, take a little bit of pressure off of him. Uh, the running back position is a weird one with them because they did not have much of a run game with Singletary and Moss. So you could add whoever's left, uh, you know, put them in uh, the backfield. I'm not sure who's still on our boards. But uh, I, I well, Labany
1: they- and Tomlinson out at TCU. TCU detractors, but he's he's you know was you know hard to argue against if you watched him play and you saw the gargantuan numbers he put up. If you're looking for a guy who put up big numbers, especially from that region of the country, um, Oklahoma State's Barry Sanders is you know as as good as it as it gets in college football.
0: The issue for them last season when they play the Chiefs, was they cannot pressure Pat Mahomes. Couldn't do it. Had to bring pressure to get home. And, and you can't beat him by, by bringing pressure. You have, to, you have to get home with four. North Carolina, our second defensive end in North Carolina. Julius Peppers to the Buffalo Bills feels like a great fit for what they want to do. Can get home. He can play the run as well. He can kind of do multiple things in, in that offense. Um, just an elite-level talent at that size. We don't see guys that big be able to move like that. Uh, edge rusher, to me, feels like the way the Bills should go here to to attack Pat Mahomes. You have to think about how, how to beat the Chiefs.
1: I hear you. And I, let me just throw a couple names uh, at you that could also do that. Talk about a big guy who's super athletic from Virginia Tech, Bruce Smith. I could see oh, him yeah. making it up in Buffalo. He, I could
0: be, see that as well.
1: That, would, that could be good. Randy White from Maryland, uh, a defensive tackle. A little smallish, but super quick has a shot at making it in uh, in the pros, and uh, a guy again from a, a very small school down in Texas, um, Mean Joe Green. Um, you know, he's this this guy is uh, is a uh, he is the old man's strength, even though he's only 21 years of age. He pushes around other sizable human beings pretty good. I don't think you go wrong with any of those names. Um, I like where you're thinking though with Julius Peppers. You make the final pick here, Jeff Schwartz.
0: Well. I mean, I I played against Julius Peppers. He's the best player that I ever played against. Um, I practiced him for two years. I played against him the next season. Um, I didn't play against Bruce Smith. I know obviously how great he was as a player um, uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. I'll just be biased here. Take the guy that I know and Julius Peppers.
1: Um, all right, and uh, and thus ends the all-time draft of 2021. What did you think, Schwartz? Was that fun? That was that was very fun. I'm glad you did do that. It. Me too. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to do it because I can tell you you're hungry to go eat food. I I am.
0: The most fun for me was, I think, just like going through different positions and looking where guys got drafted and like seeing the hype, like forgetting like, oh, oh, Bruce Smith was the first pick overall in the draft. Like and just seeing other names, too, of guys that, that drafted in the first round very high that just never, never panned out at all. Super
1: fun. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. And I can't believe how many... The the thing that's crazy, you know what one name we didn't float was? For the Buffalo Bills, if I can get into the uh, 90 seconds ago in time, you know, it'd be a great pick for the Buffalo Bills. I agree with you about pass rusher, but if they want a great guy to tote the football and take a little pressure off Josh Allen, what about... A lot of USC names have been coming up. What about one O.J. Simpson? (sighs) well we're drafting now. i know we're going from 1980 on you're right yeah.
0: <laughs> no you but know. no we, you've also floated every stealer possible so let's not pretend that that has been a rule that we've adhered I, to.
1: well what do you want me to tell you I'm, not, I'm sorry that they're they're the one of the most dominant teams in the history of people i course, um, their names are. Gonna yeah i mean oj
0: up. would be would be a, a a great pick model citizen too so um i think it would be a, a great addition to the buffalo all
1: right eddie spaghetti did you enjoy it or no too long
2: it, it was a tad long, but I, I kind of like what Jeff That's was saying it. about uh, uh, lo- looking back at the list of like first overall picks. It is it is crazy that it, it's really it's not even like it's basically a coin flip of guys who panned out and guys who didn't pan out, I guess, in the way that people thought. So it is it is pretty uh, scary if you're a team picking uh, number one overall.
1: Well, anyway, in the uh, in the real world, you can go to FanDuel.com and you can bet on which quarterbacks you think are going to go where i'm with shorts justin fields at three to the niners and in fact shorts to what you said way back before we started our fake draft um i almost think trey lance is more likely for the niners than mac jones i just do not buy the mac jones i I don't either but not at all we will see, and uh, we will also be back with a second podcast for you in just a couple of days with our pal Kevin Hench to break down what's going on in the AL East and the uh, NHL Eastern Division and the Eastern Conference in the NBA. But in the meantime, great catching up with our guy, Jeff Schwartz. Make sure you're checking him out. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. A great primer, not our nonsense that we just did here, but an actual primer for the draft upcoming with Matt yes, Bowe, yes. one of the... Yeah, really one of the best in the business. That's a a great one to check out there. Make sure you're checking out all the Schwartz's work there over on uh, Fox Sports and uh, everything going on at Extra Points with Cousin Sal and company breaking it down every which way for the better. And uh, with that said, Eddie Spaghetti, get cracking we got uh, work to do we got a show coming up in just two days from now jeff schwartz go eat your food and go put some uh, aloe vera so your skin doesn't peel from your glorious hand and you the sports fan like i say 48 hours uh from now we'll kibitz with you until then thanks so much it's been a thin slice of heaven